0: Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Get up and get going. It's building time. That's the name of my message. Get up and get going. It's building time. I'm speaking about your life. I'm speaking about what God is wanting to do This year, I got into my spirit, New Year's Eve. That this year, we're going to believe that God is going to rescue people, restore people, and rebuild people. Rescue people from the mouth of the lion, just like He did with Daniel. Restore people even when so much has been lost, or when the locust or the cankerworm, Bible terms, have devoured things in your life, He's gonna bring restoration. And God always restores, pressed down, shaken together and running out all over. And I'm excited about rebuilding. Whatever it is that's devastated, whatever it is that's lost, whatever it is that's broken down, could be community, could be family, could be finances, could be literally a house. It could be so many different, different things. But this is a year of rebuilding. I wanna encourage you again, around the idea of rebuilding. You see, Nehemiah in the Old Testament, he was the ultimate rebuilder. He saw a challenge, not yet in Jerusalem. One of those captives of Babylon, he sees a challenge and hears from the the God, from God, about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been broken down, the walls were in pieces, the gates were ruined and burned. And he got in his heart, he was gonna rebuild. And indeed, God called him to rebuild those walls. I wonder what it is that God is gonna rebuild in your life. You see, the awesome news is Nehemiah, he got letter of authority from the king to be able to rebuild those walls. That is the Persian king, he got the letters of authority to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And you know what? We've also got our letter of authority. Here it is right here. We've got the letter of authority from the King to overcome whatever the devil has tried to destroy, whatever the devil has tried to break down and ruin. And we have the authority from the King to rebuild. The King of Kings, Jesus Christ. I love the fact that Jesus have won that victory over the devil, that the serpent's head is crushed just like God said it would be in Genesis chapter three. And Jesus on that cross, He crushed the devil's head, the serpent's head. And the cross represents the bruised heel of Jesus. But the wonder is that that's where the authority was won. You see, in the Old Testament, humanity was created with dominion. Dominion is authority, dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the cattle and over. And so that's what's restored. What is restored is dominion, authority. If you can get it in your spirit, the greater is He that is in you than he that is coming against you, that you are on the winning side, that the devil's head is crushed. Devil, no, not today. Crush the dead. Devil's head. Yeah, that's it, the work that's already done in Jesus' Name. So Nehemiah, even before he got to Jerusalem, he began to plan. He began to plan the rebuild. You know how he started? And I spoke to this a couple of weeks ago. He started by praying. He prayed and then he reminded himself of the purpose and promise of God. And then he repented and did the heart work. And you know what he did after that? He prayed and believed for success. Success in building that wall. He did. He didn't expect to fail. He prayed and believed for success. And ultimately, like I said, he got letters of authority from the King. So he had the authority to rebuild. The authority that I believe you have to rebuild through the power of Jesus Christ, whatever it is that's been robbed and ruined. For some people, it literally might be amongst your children. It's like something's been ruined, destroyed. God's gonna rebuild. Whatever it is, my friend, if you think about your life and what perhaps, maybe you've been a dream, a vision, something that you've had in your spirit and it's in tatters, it's in ruin. It's rebuilding time. I hope you heard me. It's rebuilding time. (laughs) It is. If you're launching out to rebuild, whatever it is that the devil has plundered, I wonder if you've done your necessary pre-work, like Nehemiah did. I mean, have you prayed and sought God? Let's do that if we're not already. Begin to pray, begin to seek God. And then remind yourself of God's purpose and God's promise in your life. And then do your heart work. Not just hard work, heart. Heart work. I was just checking I had the right side. Heart work. <laughs> and you know what you do after that? You pray and believe God for success. I don't believe God's ever answered someone's prayer to fail. And yet sometimes people say, oh, you shouldn't pray for success. Well, do you wanna pray to fail? Yes, of course, that's exactly what Nehemiah did. He went into that building that wall with opposition and challenge, but he didn't go in there to fail. He went in there to succeed. God's wanting to succeed with the work He's going to do in your life. And you know, remind yourself and stir up, stir up your spiritual authority. Amen, I believe it's time. It's time. The rebuild is happening. So let's turn to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. It says this, I said to them, you see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, this is the people. The people said, let us rise up and build. I love it. It wasn't just Nehemiah who was committed to building. The people said, let us arise and build. And look at what they did next. They strengthened their hands for this good work. They strengthened their hands for this good work. Well, I need to strengthen my hands naturally and spiritually. Naturally, because sometimes in my office over here, I can open a bottle of water and I'm like this. And either Megan, my executive assistant, or one of the other females around the place, finally they'll just take the bottle off me and, and give it back to me. I mean, it's humiliating. It's humiliating. It's just sweat. That's why I can't do it. It's just a sweat. It's humiliating to think, you know, in the, in the spirit of honour, they'll at least turn around and go, a couple of times, then give it to me. And then I'd feel like, my, hey, you've got to strengthen your hands. <laughs> what does that mean? Whatever it takes, you've got to strengthen your hands. You've got to be prepared for the work because we want God to do it all. You know what? Jesus is the master builder, but God has always used people. And to rebuild, don't just wait for God. He wants you to be involved. He wants you to take up the challenge. He wants you to strengthen your hands and be ready for the rebuild. Ha. It says in the old King James, so they strengthened their hands for the good work. Our churches, well, it's almost four decades old. We were young once. Yeah, almost four decades old. And you know, there are certain fundamentals that have always been important to who we are. One of those things is we've always been about building. Not building buildings, that's become a big part of it, to house the people of God. To help people build their lives. See people build their lives. Watch the testimonies, listen to the stories as people build their lives. And believe along with Jesus Christ, the master builder, to build the church. He said, I'll oh, build my church. The Old Testament, unless the Lord builds the house, they labour in vain build builder. He's the master builder, but God always uses people. They'll say, oh, you know, we don't have to do it. Jesus builds His church. Well, He does, but He's not gonna play the keyboard this morning. He needs someone to help Him. <laughs> so, so, He's a master builder. I read a tweet once and I said, Jesus is the master builder. And with the moments I got a tweet back, a reply from the New South Wales Master Builders Association. (laughs) True story. And it said, is he licensed? (laughs) So I've always been about building helping people build their lives, getting about building the church. And over these decades, over the years, we've seen the fruit of constant focus with generations getting stronger. See, that's building. As we build, the generations get stronger in Jesus' Name. And our church reaching more and more people, growing, expanding, getting stronger. It's in our DNA. Yeah, it is. It's in our DNA. And so I love watching how the Master Builder rebuilds lives. And that's what he does. He used Nehemiah in the Old Testament to rebuild. And of course, the season 2020, last year now, it's just so disorientating. Some people are... questioning things they never questioned, thinking thoughts that maybe they'd never normally think. Like people are disorientated. Uh, Sometimes much more so than they should be. But what I do know is in the middle of it, uh, you can lose your building edge. You really can. Uh, You start focusing on survival and just getting through. And that's why I'm trying to stir your faith and inspire you that it's building time. Yes, it's building time. Amen, God is strengthening hands. And over and above that, I believe He's putting steel in your bones and fire in your belly. So you're ready for the rebuild. Don't just settle with what the devil has devastated. Don't just accept it and settle. Don't don't just, no, no, no. Get your hands ready. Get your heart ready. Do those things. Pray. Remind yourself of God's goodness. Do the hard work. Believe God for success. Remind yourself of the authority you have through Jesus Christ. Get your sleeves up. Roll up your sleeves. With muscles this size, it's hard to get it up. And get ready for building. That's a look for you. How's that? Yeah. I reckon this will make it to Milan <laughs> on the catwalks. <laughs> so there's so much to learn from Nehemiah. Let's have a look at what Nehemiah did. You know the first thing he did when it came to rebuilding that wall? First thing he did is he inspected the ruins. Sometimes we don't, we don't even wanna look. What we've lost, it's just too heartbreaking. But look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 13. It says, I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuge gate. The refuge gate, it's called the refuge gate, refuge gate for a reason. I think it's also called the dung gate. Now, whether, whether you've ever heard on the walls of Jerusalem of the refuge gate or the dung gate, but the reason they call it that because that's where the dung was. They'd piled it up just not too far from that gate. And when the Jerusalem winds blew, of course, the smell or the odour went right across that gate. And so never wonder again why it's called the dung gate. It's because it stunk like dung. Yeah. And so I went out by night through the valley gate, the serpent wall and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which are broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. He checked it all out. Why? Because he needed a clear picture of where things were at. you got a clear picture of where things are at right now. Because it devil brings confusion in. We need to get that clear picture. See what we're dealing with, not be afraid of it. Why is that? It's because then, you can start to believe God for the resource you need. You can see the, t- the job that it's at hand. You can begin to plan. And uh, you can be intentional about the rebuilding. Planning's a good thing. I guess you could call it taking goals or, or, or rather setting goals or you can call it other things, but do you have a plan? When it comes to your family, there's someone whose son is... Well, the relationship is in ruins. It's broken down. Have you got a plan? Pray, believe God, love Him like maybe expressing that more than He's ever seen before might help. But at least have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so a plan in life is always a good thing. And and counting the cost which is why he was looking at the ruins, is always a good thing. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? So I hope this is not just a sermon for you. I hope you're taking it on board. I hope you are prepared and planned and ready for what's ahead of you. I pray that you truly, Count the cost. Yeah. Whoever builds a tower, the Bible says, I think Jesus says, and doesn't first look at the cost before building it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why first thing he did when he got to Jerusalem, he looked at the ruins. He knew what he would need. He knew the resources. He made a plan. He could see the job that was at hand. No doubt he was believing his God every step of the way because it's God who had called him to do it. So he's holding on to God, which is a great thing. And if you have to rebuild, the sheer magnitude of what's ahead of you can sometimes rattle you. <laughs> stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Someone t- tell someone next to you, stay in faith. In your lounge room, tell the person next to you, stay in faith. Stay in faith, yeah. So Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20. Listen to what happens now. After looking at the ruins, Nehemiah says this. So he answered them and said to them, the God of heaven Himself will prosper us. Bible word. Therefore, we His servants will arise and build. Remember the people said, let's rise and build. And now Nehemiah, their leader, was saying, let us arise and build. Thank God for the people who stood with him. I thank God for the people of our church, Hillsong Church, who over decades have been up for the building. I talked about the kingdom builders. I talked about just the spirit of the body of our church. And they've always been up for the building. They've always been up for the forward progress. And I thank God for people whose heart and spirit is, let us rise up and build. And then the leader, of course, says, I'll rise and build. One thing about leadership, you can't do it alone. And I'll always be grateful, Bobby and I both will always be grateful for those of you who have been with us for decades. And even if you've only been here a few months, you know what, let's all together be committed to the building. You see, the Word of the Lord was, the God of heaven Himself will prosper us. Therefore, we will arise and build. Take that into your spirit. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Let us arise and build. So second, he gathered other builders around him. He wasn't going solo on this wall building. He needed other people. We all need other people. If you are online and you haven't yet made it back into one of our physical services, can I just say to you, when you stand shoulder to shoulder with people, when you're actually experiencing community, that's when together we get so much more done. And Nehemiah had the wisdom to gather other people around him. That's what's so wonderful about Connects Groups. Because you pray together, you believe together, you stand with each other, and if someone is building, you build together. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter three, verses one to five. It says this: Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren the priests and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors next to Eliashib. The men of Jericho built, and next to them Zaccur the son of Imri built. Also the sons of Hanasseh built. It goes on and talks about others and it just keeps talking about those who built. It says, Hanasseh built the fish gate. It says next to them, meramoth the son of. Then it goes on, next to them, Zadok, the son of. Next to them, the tecoits. I wonder who knows how to actually say that, that word. I, in my Aussie accent, call them Tekoites. I wonder in Hebrew what it actually sounds like. Brent, stand up and tell us what you think. There's the word, there's the word. I know you were homeschooled, but, but check it out there. Tekhoits. He actually was homeschooled. So what do you think it sounds like in Hebrew? Uh, Tkhoitweets. Tkhoitweets. Tekhoitweets. Uh, Tekhoitweets. Uh, Tekhoitweets. Yeah, tell everybody, because we're talking it all. Tekhoitweets. <laughs> That sounded Japanese to me, I'm just saying. Uh, whoa! <laughs> just checking about I'm <laughs> <coughs> 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 Rebuilding something great It's a huge task. It's a huge task. We need each other. I want you to hear that. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. We're not called to do this alone. And to surround yourself with other builders, wow, that is such a powerful thing to do. People who inspire you people who can give you wisdom and godly counsel, people who are there to cheer you on, or maybe to weep with you when times are tough and celebrate. I'm so so pleased that over all the years both within our church and pastors around the world and so on to have those kind of people who are also people who are building something and you know what, they know how to Weep when you're weeping and joyful and celebrate with you when you're celebrating. You need those people. And I am mentioned Connect Groups, honestly. I'm not just promoting Connect Groups here. I wanna challenge everybody to be in a small group where you pray together. You pray together. You, you, not literally, but you pray together and you play together. In other words, you have fun and community, but you also know how to get before God and pray for each other. and stand. Everybody needs people with them. And in the Bible, in Nehemiah, with building that wall, all these different people had their part of the wall to build. And so there's this next to him, next to him. Look both sides. Who's next to you in life? Who's next to you? If you don't have those people, pray to God and believe He'll put those people in your life. You're looking very thin in the face, Luke Webb. You must have been riding that bike hard. You're an inspiration to me. Next time I can come out, I'm not that much of an inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) And so, listen to it. What God wants to do through you is too great and takes too long for you to do it alone. Who have you actually got around you? It's It's a question. Who do you have around you? It's great to identify those people. See, not everybody's up for the building. In Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 5, here it talks about the techoits, which uh, we heard in Hebrew before. And it says, The tekoits made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. In other words, not everyone's up for the building. These people would not put their shoulders, they wouldn't lean in to the work of the Lord. I don't say cut anyone off, but I am saying make sure if you're committed to rebuilding the things that are devastated, that you've got builders in and around you and not people who aren't even prepared to lean in, put their shoulder in to the work of the Lord. Proverbs, I've got a feeling it's Proverbs 4, but I might be totally wrong, but I know what it says. He who deals with a slack hand is poor. We're created for work. We really are. That's why, yes, God wants to rebuild but He wants you to be involved. Strengthen your hands, prepare, stand with people who are prepared to put their shoulder into the work, who are committed to rebuilding. And whatever they're building will inspire you and whatever you're building or seeing rebuilt can inspire the people around you, even your own family, those you love, people all around you. Because builders understand each other, they do. They understand what it's like to be captured by a dream or a vision or a God-given goal. Uh, they, they, They got the will to build, which is important. And we need those people. Like I said, they cheer you on. They provide wisdom. They stand with you in the gap. They pray with you. And it's powerful. So don't underestimate the importance of rubbing shoulders with other builders. Number three, he was gutsy. We're talking about Nehemiah in the building of the wall. Number three, see it written up there? He was gutsy. He was courageous, determined, and immovable. Amen. No room for cowardice here. He was courageous, determined, and immovable. I call it Holy Ghost stubbornness. No matter how many times they knock you down, you're getting up again. (laughs) Holy Ghost stubbornness. How much of that have you got in you? That's why God, I think He genuinely he does strengthen our hands. I think He does <laughs> put fire in your belly, steel in your soul, yeah, so that we can stand even in the opposition. Because the opposition that faced Nehemiah and his co-builders was massive. There was Sam Ballot and Tobiah and others, and I mean they were merciless. In coming against the work of the Lord, they were merciless in it. In fact, if you read, and it'd be great if you read the book of Nehemiah, if you just read between Nehemiah chapter four and Nehemiah chapter six, you'll find specific examples of these things right here. This is what uh, these people, Nehemiah and that, they start to build the wall and this is what people were doing to come against them. First, they spread bad reports, overblown reports, of their power and their intentions, of the opposition's power and intentions. So in other words, they spoke themselves up to undermine Nehemiah's confidence. Ridicule and insults. That's what was coming their way. They tried to make fun of Nehemiah and his little strength and the stupidity of what he was trying to do and the inevitability that he'd fail in building this wall. That's what they were trying to come against them with intimidation and threats, tried to sow fear and dread, so they would down their tools in fear of being attacked. I mean, these are actual things you'll see in the Scripture. Slander and accusations. They accuse Nehemiah of wrongdoing and having secret plans to rise up against the king. You know what? If the devil can't get you to back down, he'll try and tarnish you. Or maybe attack your reputation. I know, I've been there. Ha. Try to turn people against you. They sowed dissent. Nehemiah chapter four and chapter six. trying to get around Nehemiah or those people who were around Nehemiah to abandon him and leaving him weak and try and talk him down from his settled purpose. They tried to get him to compromise. They enticed him to compromise. Tried to get him to compromise on his convictions and behave in a cowardly, self-serving way. And they literally made plots against him. I'll be honest with you. In this season right now, we've been going through a time like that. Where I could name every single one of those things I just mentioned, if you wrote them down, and and we've been experiencing it sensationalised media, half-true, untrue, and everything in between. And it's it's challenging. But look who I've got with me. (laughs) Look at you, look at you. Yeah, look at you. Builders, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. But you know, the silent majority, I went for a walk yesterday with my dog. And uh, we walked 5K's actually, I'm just doing. You know. but, uh, I even slow jogged a few of the little uphills, just so you know, still a bit of life in the old boy yet.. Uh, but you know, I was, I, while I was walking and contemplating, I started to think of our church. you know in our church across the world there's hundreds of thousands of people? I mean, we were getting before COVID 150,000 people in services all around the world. And on our database, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And I started to think about the silent majority. You know, you get all these loud voices. And I don't discount anybody's voice, but I started to think about the silent majority. The people who have incredible stories to tell about Jesus and what He's done and their experience at Hillsong Church and the way the pastors reached out to them when someone was dying or the way the sermons and the preaching and teaching has changed their lives or the people they met at Hillsong that have helped frame their future. Or, or, you know, it's just so many. We get them into the church, those stories, every day, every day. We get these amazing stories. And I'm thinking about the silent majority. And I thought it's about time the silent majority stood up. And I started thinking, imagine if we had a hashtag, I love my Hillsong Church. And then what you do is you post your best selfie (laughs) and then in the caption, just talk about your experience at Hillsong Church. Obviously it's all about Jesus, but your story at Hillsong Church. Big nice photo, find your best selfie, If you don't like yourself, just put someone else's photo in there. (laughs) Put Robert Ferguson's photo in there and just do the caption. The hashtag's the important part. I love my Hillsong Church. I said it in the last service and I looked and don't do it now. I hashtag I love my Hillsong Church. There was already a few of them in there before the service even finished. How did that happen when people were listening to every word I said? And so put it in there. And uh, I'll tell you this, yesterday at Kingdom Builders, I got talking to a couple of people. They are actually in this service. And this is what happened. They happened to be going by and smiled, they smiled. We got talking. And they began to tell me their story. I've seen them in church many, many times. And their story was this. They said, we came to Hillsong 2006. They said, when we came, our lives were broken. They'd come from another country. They said their lives were broken. They began to talk about the teaching and how it's transformed them and changed them. And as they go on, they start to tell me about their broken past. How in another country, that the husband had been in jail for two years. And uh, I mean, oh, wow. And then, because I've seen these people so many times in church, but then the wife, the woman says, I was in jail for, I think, four and a half years. I think it was. And my daughter was born in jail. And I look at these people. They're a part of our community, have been for years. They're kingdom builders. God has restored their lives. There's so many stories for the silent majority. So I think it's time we wage a campaign and mobilise the silent majority to tell your story because the stories are amazing. They're amazing. You know, and so Nehemiah, he had all this opposition. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, Judas said, the strength of the laborers, Nehemiah's laborers, is failing. And there's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. But then the adversaries, the opposition said, they will neither know nor see anything. We came into their midst and will kill them and cause the work to cease. They were talking about infiltrating them they were speaking themselves up. And so it was when the Jews who dwell near this them came that they told us 10 times from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. But you know what the Bible? The Bible makes it very clear that Nehemiah stood strong. He stood strong. He kept moving forward, inspired those around him to stand with him. Thank God for good people. I've only got through half of this message. I even tried to go faster in this service to get through more of it, but failed. And I'm gonna keep going though because I've got this rebuilding thing in my spirit. I wonder what it is that God is wanting to rebuild in your life. 2021, the rebuild is on. The rebuild is on. Trust the Holy Spirit. Believe God. Strengthen your hands, get ready for what's ahead. Don't settle, don't be overwhelmed and getting yourself into survival mode in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the torrent. And maybe you're feeling the cyclone and you're seeing metaphorically the house blowing apart. But can I tell you this? It's rebuilding time. It is rebuilding time. The people said, let us rise and build. And what did Nehemiah said? Arise and build. And that's exactly what they did. They set their heart on seeing the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt, bringing strength to the city of God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So Father, I just thank You. I thank You for people. I thank You for the power of Your Word and the work it's doing in the lives of people. Lord, help us, help us, Father, to have the resolve. Lord, help us to strengthen our hands and be prepared for what's ahead of us. Fill our hearts with vision, fill our heart with dreams, surround us with other builders, I pray. Help us, Father, not to try to do it all alone. And Lord, I just believe for those testimonies that are coming in 2021 of things that You rebuild, in people's families, homes, finances, businesses, in their own soul, in their own spirit, whatever it is, Lord. We thank You for it in Jesus' Name. Can you say Amen?